All right, friends, welcome to another episode of Mama to Mamas. I am so excited to have one of my dearest friends on the pod today, Michelle Lazar. Welcome to the show. Absolute honor to be here. Doesn't it feel official? Like, it's a show. It's a podcast. I got my headphones. (laughs) It's so official. I'm really missing. I'm feeling like I need to have my headphones and my mic. I feel naked right now. (laughs) I'll set the scene for everyone. Michelle has a beautiful glow going on. She's got fresh shower. She's just ready for this convo. <laughs> I, I was very pleased to know it wasn't officially going to be on camera, so I didn't have to blow dry my hair. So no, no. wet hair welcome on Mama to Mamas. It actually like really leans into the authenticity of mom life. Ah, <laughs> uh, ain't it, ain't it the truth? <laughs> Okay, you guys, so I'm going to intro Michelle, read you a little blurb on how we are connected, and then we're going to dive into so many fun topics today. So the first time I met Michelle was in an interview. She was interviewing me to be on her team at work, and I still remember what she was wearing that day, which I don't know if that's creepy or not, but I do. You were wearing black pants and an oversized white poplin collared shirt, and you were pregnant. (laughs) I (laughs) I did have an inkling. Uh, that day when I first met you, but I was like, oh, I don't know her well enough yet. I can't, I can't say anything. So it turns out I did get the job and Michelle and I got to sit next to each other every single day for about four months. Um, it seemed longer than that though. It really did. That doesn't make, that doesn't compute that it was only four months. Does no, no pre pandemic world, of course, because then we were remote, <laughs> remote working with each other. Um, but Michelle would proofread all of my important emails that I would send out. And I just learned so much from her in my early days. Um, So it's not very often that you get to meet your kindred spirit at work, but that's exactly what Misha and I are. We no longer work together, of course, but we've stayed close outside of work. And Patrick and I love nothing more than hangs with Misha and her husband, Benj, and their adorable two-year-old, Wolfie. They now live in the Pacific Northwest, and we miss seeing them in real life dearly. So anyways... Here. So honored you're here, Bish. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our chat. Okay, so first topic we're going to dive into, which I kind of told you before we got started here, was selfishly I choose these topics because they're very important to me and they're very healing for me to talk about. So the first one is all about something I think you know you and I can relate a lot on, um, which is this idea of just having a tiny baby. And when I say a tiny baby, I mean a baby born under six pounds. And I also want to caveat that, like, I know that there's way tinier and we had healthy babies. We didn't have babies that went to the NICU. Um, But I think that I went into motherhood thinking definitely having at least an eight pounder. I was almost eight pounds. Patrick was over nine. You know, I just, it took me by complete surprise to have, you know, a five something baby who then, you know, drops because all babies drop in way after they're born. And it was like this whole, whole amount of stress and kind of pressure as a new mom that I had no idea about. So Let's start. I would love for you. I know most of it, honestly, but for our listeners, will you tell us your story of Wolfie and then what your experience was like having a a tiny peanut baby? Tiny little peanut. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Well, maybe I'll start with, I'll take you back December 2019. Imagine that. Like we didn't know what was coming. Um, None of us did, but um, I guess for me, what I knew was coming in my life was a baby. Um, But at that time I thought it would be February, end of February, 2020. 
uh, I was in Toronto, I was visiting my parents who live there. And my, my um, you know, I was quite pregnant at that point, but I was like really uncomfortable. I didn't have like a massive belly or anything. I still had like two months to go in my pregnancy, but I just felt like, what is happening? This baby is like jamming himself against my shit, basically. And wants to get out. I, I kind of felt that. I had this mm-hmm. little, anyhow, fast forward. Um, I think I had, you know, two plus weeks left of work and I started getting these like contractions and I was, or what, I didn't know. I didn't know what yeah. it was. I'm like, are they Braxton Hicks? What is yeah. going on? Me too early. All the moms at work were like, no, girl. I remember no, that. We're not going to come early. Like this baby's not coming early. First babies, they don't come early. Okay. Well, that's a big fat lie. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, this was like quite shocking. I think a little anecdote is that on the, I think we were going to the hospital anyways, because we were going to take our, like how to be a parent class, like mm. learning how to hold your baby. And I don't know, like the weird things they teach you that don't really help that much. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and, and while I was there handily, I was like, well, can you, you know, check what's going on? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're two centimeters, but you could stay that way for, you know, right. Amount of time. It could be three weeks. Like, so I was like, okay, who knows what's going to happen. But I think by that point I was pretty, you know, I knew an early baby was going to come into our lives, mm-hmm. but I, but it was pretty fast and furious. I didn't have a lot of time to mentally adjust. And then the real fast and furious part was when I was truly in labor for realsies. And, you know, we all like for those mamas out there, we know that that can be pretty real. And it was midnight, I guess, like, let's say it was 1159 January. That was me too. I think, I think it was like 11 right before midnight when it started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like, by that point it had started. And it was 11.59, let's just say, because it was the Friday, let's say it was still Friday night, the 17th, 11.59, we're like booking it out of our house, heading for the hospital. And the 20 minute drive was hell, all kinds of hell. Oh, that drive. There's nothing worse than that drive, like gripping the sides of the car, just like, like, yeah. Your husband's trying to play some song and you're like, just no, like (laughs) you can't even talk. You you can't like verbalize your feelings. But when I arrived at the hospital, I was nine centimeters. That is crazy. Nine. So zero to six. You fully labored like that whole. Yeah. Yeah. I had three days of, you know, from the birthing class at the hospital to, you know, a sleepless night at home to now we're headed to the hospital. We get there. I'm nine centimeters and it's go time, like go time. And yeah, I suppose, you know, oh, sorry, the timestamp thing, 1159 was when we left our house, our son, our sweet little peanut of, of all of five pounds and, and change was born at 2.30 a.m. My so God. two hours and 30 minutes later from the point of leaving our house. Oh, so needless to say, that's the story. And there was not really much time to adjust to this, this notion of, oh, I'm going to have a baby and he's going to be, you know, over a month early. Right. Right. Five, 
for for five weeks, let's just say. Um, and then, yeah, let me think about the, the, the weight thing. Um, I don't think the way it sounds like Gina, maybe you had some expectations around this. I don't I think did. I had expectations. Mm-hmm. I don't think I created a picture in my mind. Maybe it's because I hadn't yet mentally right. birthing my child yet because it just was, it just happened so, so, so quickly and so fast. But I, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't have expectations, but when, I distinctly remember them saying to me, he's five pounds and he's passing his like tests that, that they're doing and he doesn't need to go to the NICU. And honestly, like hearing those words, it was just like, okay, like a little bit of be it, albeit, you know, temporary relief. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, very, very grateful that we, we avoided him having to go and spend any time in the NICU and, then, uh, you know, then began, began the journey of yeah. what do you, what to do with a, such a tiny baby. Yeah. You're solely responsible for making sure that they grow. Yes. Yes. There is a, an enormous amount of pressure. I think that I felt like came along with a tiny baby. And I know all moms, no matter what size their baby is, they feel the pressure to feed them and make sure they're nourished and they're growing and they're gaining weight. But something about that number I was so fixated on. Well, somebody, I want, I'm curious if, if anything was said to you, I'm actually really curious if perhaps in that vulnerable, you're very vulnerable. You're very vulnerable at birth. Yes, totally. And in the, in the, you know, hours and days and, you know, frankly, months after. Yeah. But I'm curious if maybe. Did Wolfie have to get any, um, any heel pricks or glucose gel or formula? Okay. Yeah. All that stuff. All of the above. All of the above. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for his tiny little feet. I just his little heel. Yes, they kept coming in. Yeah, coming in every like what felt like every five minutes. I think it was probably every I don't know couple hours. Is that right? Yeah, it was every two hours. They would even in the middle of the night would do the heel pricks. And I think I don't know if this happened to you, but I feel like every nurse, you know, they change shifts every eight hours, and every nurse that would come in, or every doctor, or every someone who's coming to do some sort of test, the first thing they would say is, "Oh, he's a little." Guy. that's that's what I'm saying is I I bet you psychologically yes there were were things that were said totally you feel like naturally sure naturally you probably would have felt a little bit of it yeah a mother's you know deep care and concern for her child right I have to believe that some of it was impacted by like the comments the things people were saying yeah if you detected any concern on anyone else's face or in the things they said. So it's so stressful. I mean, yeah, the, I, I'll never forget, you know, the, it was shocking to me mm-hmm. the exercise around extracting like this liquid gold Oh, God. Just going at, going at, you yeah. know, your, your boobs, your nipples, yeah. get just hand so expressing, getting up all that liquid gold out right and it just yeah. is so, such a tiny little amount yeah and you're like collecting it and you're you're bringing it into this tiny little syringe and you're like okay I got it and then <laughs> then the next thing you know for me anyways I had a or like I let's say I had a hell of a time with breastfeeding yeah so you know they're being little their mouths are also little right and so I, I had to use a nipple shield I had oh to, yeah shove the, you know, 
the like syringe in. Yes. You sit up with that tiny little bit of liquid gold. Yes. And uh, and then when we got home, that that progressed to the breastfeeding still wasn't wasn't was like not not going so hot. Yeah. And that progressed to like attaching a tube. Yeah. Tiny tube to my to my finger. Yeah. And like pump, you know, using the syringe again to pump that breast milk yep. through into his little tiny mouth. And that was how we had to feed our baby. Like yeah. you just had, and you just had to get it in. And I really wanted to breastfeed. I was like, Oh, I totally want to get it. And I didn't think I'd have any problems at all. Yep. Not for a second. And here I was like struggling. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember, I remember the feeling this was probably for me, one of the more stressful parts of the, the tiny baby, the tiny peanut effect. Yeah. Yes. Was seeing, did you see a, a lactation consultant at all? Of course. Yeah. Many. Yeah. 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 Oh, many, right. Like they became your best friend. Like yeah. so many times. Follow so many on Instagram still. Yeah. <laughs> like LC's out there. Right. Yeah. So I remember, you know, having to, to weigh him. Oh, right. Naked and tiny on the scale and then breastfeed. And I would sit there in this LC office for what I swear was 40 minutes of breastfeeding. Like this guy was in his leisurely time. He was just like, sure, mom, like, sure. I need to eat sure in my own time, 40 minutes in. And I'm here. I'm like, it's happening. I'm doing great. Like pump up, pump up, like put on a pump up song in my head. And then put that baby back on the scale after. And the the Elsie, I could just see it in her eyes. I was like, I knew she was just like, Oh, I don't want to tell you this, but uh, he took like half an ounce. (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Cutting back, Gina. Oh, it's, oh God, it's just like, at least now, like, obviously we're far enough away where you can laugh, but I just, in those moments, it's so stressful. You're like, and I feel like breastfeeding comes with such high expectations. You have such a picture in your head of how it's going to go. And then it doesn't go according to plan. And you're left thinking like, what the heck? Why is this so hard? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for me, the one bright spot was we by necessity, you know, we were trading off feeding him. I was pumping a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to call pumping a bright spot, but, um, you know, we very early on got Wolfie very used to whether it was me, whether it was Benj, we were feeding him in sort of interchangeably. And I would, I would still try and work a breastfeeding in like, yeah, you know, every other one, let's say every other, but I think that helped me to an extent to just push through the sleep, like the lack of sleep. Cause it, it meant that like there were some of the middle of the night yeah. moments that, that like bench could take over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if we're trying to see the bright spots, that was yeah. one for me. Yeah. But I will agree with you that the expectations around breastfeeding and even my own expectations of myself. Yeah. You know, just assuming. Right. Of course. Of course, like I kind of scoffed when they were telling me in the in the breastfeeding course, like, oh, breast is best, and like doing the little yes. comparison of, you know, the benefit of breast milk versus formula. Yes. In my head, I'm like, I don't even need to like I zone out, like not yeah. even I'm like obviously I'm gonna breastfeed. 
yeah. as you're like holding that awkward like dummy baby and trying yeah. to like poses like football yeah. pose. Football, like, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, a lot to a lot to like adjust expectations um too for sure. I read somewhere probably through one of the LCs I follow on Instagram. I read this last night and I, I was talking to my sister on the phone when I read it, but it was something like the American Pediatric Society has come out that they recommend to breastfeed your baby for two years. It oh, used to be one year and they've upped yeah. it to two years, which is like in line with like the World Health Organization. And wow. I'm almost eight months in and I'm like, like, what, because I don't even make it a year, I'm going to feel bad that I'm not meeting like the recommended guidelines. Like, oh, it's man. just unbelievable to me. I, 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 I could say so much. I mean, the letting go, it's really is just a letting go exercise because yeah, I mean there, I had to let go when I, I made the decision mm-hmm. at some point to, I introduced some formula, you know, it's like, okay, at least like one of the feeds. Cause I just, the, the, yeah. the pumping, I don't know for any of you mamas out there who have like done the exclusive pumping, which I eventually did do. Oh boy, it is a drain. It is a mental and physical and dishwashing load. Oh my, I was just going to say the amount of hours spent over that kitchen sink. Thank God for Pat who takes a lot of the washing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, heck yeah, yeah, get them in there because... Oh, uh, remember like the little thing, the little flap, the white flap. Oh. I know what I'm talking about. The, the flange or the uh-huh, the duck bill. Mm-hmm. And it would always fall off and then it would like go down into the, okay, I'm Canadian. We call it a garburator. I know it's a gar, it's a disposal, whatever. It would go down in there and I'm like, I don't want to deal with this right now. It's like the little things that set you off, right? It is. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it pumping is quite exhausting. And yeah, I have so much compassion for exclusive pumpers. Now that I'm back at work, like I would say I'm probably pumping. I mean, it, it, at least half my feeds are pumping now, if not more. I think I only am breastfeeding like two times still. Well, how, so anyways, it's such how, a journey. To be honest, how happy on on this, the happy to, to, to don't care scale, how happy are you that you're not pumping in that pumping room? in the office. Oh, so happy. I can't imagine like carrying my little spectra in to work every day, like, and then having to go sit in a room with potential strangers who are, I'm not strangers. I mean, we all kind of loosely know each other at work, but like other new moms sitting in that room and just those nipples (laughs) right up into that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, it, you know, obviously I knew a lot of what you're saying. I definitely, I remember visiting you and I remember he was so little. He was just so precious. And I mean, now he's so not little anymore. (laughs) So we can talk about that. Um, I do actually want to ask you about that, but I just do remember those moments that you described of like feeding him through the tube. And I had the same thing with Maddox when he would not latch. I would, I would suck up my colostrum from the little plastic cup and I would put my finger in his mouth with the tube and I would, you know, help him get it down. And it's just your finger. Right. And you're like, this is so unnatural. Totally. Yeah. Same thing with the nipple shields, like all of it. And I guess, you know, part of, part of the reason I even want to do this podcast is because I feel like those are the moments that like I didn't know going into motherhood like were going to happen and how stressful they would be and I just I like illuminating it for maybe someone who hasn't gone through it and like making them feel normal that 
Um, those are the types of situations that you might go through with a new baby, tiny or not. <laughs> tiny or not, yeah. Frankly, like I, I'm sure Wolfie being little in some ways contributed to us not jiving on the breastfeeding front, but who knows? He yeah. could have been full term and still we would have had trouble. So yeah, yeah I, I agree. I want to talk about it. Did you feel like, because in my mind, I was always like, okay, if I can just get him to 10 pounds, okay, okay, if I could just get him to 12, if I could just, you know, it was like, it kind of, and Pat like still calls me out on it. He's like, okay, he's 10 pounds. Do you feel better yet? He's not 10. That was before, you know, he, he would yeah. call me out. And, um, and I, of course, I, of course I would say, no, not yet. Like, okay, 12, when he gets to 12. Okay. And so did, did you have any of that? I feel like, by the way, you're, I already know you're just like, you, like you said, is it was a lesson in letting go. Like that's so new mom life. Like you really, you, it's the biggest teacher of like letting go of the expectations, expectations letting go of control is yeah. so hard. So did you feel at all with like the milestones? How did you, I already tell you're much better at letting go of things than I am. No. Okay. So, well, if we're going to stay on the weight thread for a little bit, um, I do remember this was like, there was a very, 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 very short window of time when mm -hmm. the world hadn't totally shut down because, you know, Wolfie was born January, 2020. Right. I was going to my, you know, like mom, baby, classy thing yep. with other moms that had babies around the same, born at the same time. And I remember going, like going around the circle and, you know, mom saying like, I'm, I'm this this woman and this is my baby and this, my baby just hit this. I'm talking about the, how much they weighed. Right. And then I remember being like, Oh my gosh, like your, your baby is like five minutes old and is already my, yes. you know, Wolfie's like, I don't know, like felt like he was like two years old at that point. Like whatever, let's say he was a month old. Yeah. Um, so He's probably five, five weeks old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Five, let's say five weeks. And I'm like, how, he's never gonna get, like yeah he's, he's gonna reach like these babies are like so far ahead of him he's never yeah. going to so I think when what did really help me and I'll credit like the pediatrician we were seeing at the time was pretty quickly they they helped me get into the mindset of like he's caught up like uh. you don't need to worry like you don't really need to be thinking about him as a premature baby anymore like okay you can kind of be you can kind of release that and you know try not to to always be be doing this comparison because I think for weight for me mm -hmm. was one small ish factor when I in the grand scheme when I really reflect for me what was way more troublesome or like worrisome to me was like what milestones is he hitting at mm -hmm. what like, yeah. is he doing the things that they say the babies should be doing at certain yeah. times? And for me, I always felt, okay, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Should, should I be, like, judging him against his, you know, true, like, birth age or his right. adjusted age? Yeah. And the, the pediatrician's telling me, like, oh, no, he's adjusted. But then I'm like, oh, if he's not doing – it was just this mental game, this sure. constant mental game. Um, and, again, I think that's one thing they don't – they don't prep you you don't get prepped for, you just really mm -hmm. don't. Um, for, and I think when you're on mat leave and it's like you and the baby and, yeah. and I think exacerbated. Yes. In a, in it's a your only focus. 
Yeah. Right. You're not going out to the mom, mommy yoga classes that you dreamed of. Right. You're, you're like there with your, with your baby all the time, just you and, and him. And so there were just so many moments where I was just stressing and comparing and yeah, um, no one prepared me for that. It's so easy to compare yourself as a new mom because it's your first, you have, you don't have another child of your own to compare it to. So you just naturally gravitate toward people in the same boat as you and comparing, you know, your baby to them. 100% like all the time, any opportunity you get, right. You're on some mommy mm-hmm. zoom call with all the, like, that's what we had to do. It was like go on a zoom call. It's pretty right. Like, lame um but they're talking about their babies or you're seeing their babies and they're like mm-hmm. no Wolfie's not rolling yet or whatever yeah Mish what were your milestones like tummy time lifting the head rolling like what were they what was it for you yeah the big ones that I remember was being stressed about rolling mm-hmm. I don't know why the other weird thing that I got stressed about I felt I got this I got it into my head that Wolfie was only ever lying on his, like his sides of his head. Oh yeah. Uh I was like, my, my baby, like he just never lies there. You know, you you picture, and even I've seen, you know, I had flashbacks when I saw these like such cute pictures of Maddox and he's perfectly like looking straight up at the, I just could never get Wolfie to do that. And I was like, there's gotta be something wrong. Like, first of all, he's going to get like weird flathead. Oh, I was so nervous about flathead too it happens. Right. And, and I shouldn't call it weird, but, um, you know, just thought head or I don't know. I made so many stories up in my mind about why yeah. that was a problem when it was so not a problem, but yeah. I couldn't have known that at the time. Right. You can't really rationalize with yourself at that. No. In, in that mindset. That was a big one. Um, oh, and then I think for me, Another one, this was like fast forward. This was once, you know, I, Wolfie was, you know, the age of starting to eat food. Yeah. And I just had such an idea based on comparison, right? Like I thought yes. of one of my best friends who like couldn't stop talking about how joyous the occasion of like their kiddo eating an avocado, like perfectly and just enjoying it and yes. it. And I was like, oh my God, like I am like putting my heart and soul and everything into this quinoa. <laughs> and he is just either like gagging or completely rejecting, chucking it on the ground. Or yes. Wolfie would often like he would gag and then I think he would get himself worked up so that he would always end up in like a screamy, teary fit. Yeah probably three to five minutes into like whatever meal it was that I was attempting with him. And at that point I was just like, this is never going to get better. Yeah. He's behind. He should, did I start too late? Cause we had gone traveling and I kind of delayed it a bit. And I'm like, I messed it up completely. All these things go through your mind. So, you know, these milestones, but now in hindsight, you know, like oh, I'm trying to think of the phrase someone says, like no one ever like, eats with their hands in college or like drinks oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in college or anything, you know, like yeah. every kid, child gets there. Um, yes. and even just my, you know, now two and a half year old, it's of course he can drink out of a cup by himself. Yeah. Of course he can 
if he if he's messy now, it's because he's doing it purposefully right. and to be a little, you know what. Right. Um, so yeah, so, so those were some of the the things that really got to me. I mean, I can relate so much. I remember you telling me that solids story before, like you would put so much love into like these meals and like clean whole foods and all these great combos and yeah, yeah. the the meal planning. And then when it doesn't go according to plan, it's again, same with Brett, like when things don't go according to plan, it's just like so frustrating in the moment. And I think too, with, uh, we're again, we're with, you know, kind of in that same chapter of like real food and you just have to have so much patience because it takes them a while to get it. <laughs> have you ever had that moment where you really have to remind yourself how different your, your child's brain is from yeah. like, I really have to remind myself that I have to be like, he came into the world. He didn't know anything. He yeah. didn't know what a hand was. He didn't know what yeah. the sky was. He didn't know that he didn't know his name, let alone what a name even is. Like, yeah, there were so many times where I found myself, I caught myself like trying to treat him as if we had the same intellectual. Yeah. We're on the same intellectual level. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. He has so much he needs to learn about the world and I need to give him that like space and, and be patient and be patient, find it in myself somewhere to be, to be patient. Do you feel like you'll be different with your second now having learned all of this with Wolfie? I know without a shadow of a doubt yeah. that things will be very different, very different. And I mean, I, I'm sure there's moms of multiple kiddos listening and I'm sure you're you know the same way we're talking now but all the things we didn't know and and couldn't have anticipated like oh I'm sure there's probably hundreds of things that I we won't know until we know yeah um, about you know being a, a mom of multiple kiddos but I think I will I'm sure I'll be in a, a different mindset and I think just knowing who knows, but maybe, maybe you'll get into a game of like comparing your child with your other child. Who knows? Yeah. Totally. I, yeah. I, I think <laughs> best case scenario, I'll know what it's like to actually have a tiny human and know that they're going to survive because my first one did, but who's to say that like, I won't obsess still about like the ounces and like, I really, really, really hope not. Like, I think I'll go into it like one step ahead, but, yeah. um, but you, I guess you never know. <laughs> well, you may have your nine pound baby, like maybe, like, you know? maybe. and then I'll find something else to fixate on. Right. <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, you, you very well might, I don't want to say you 100% will, but no. no, I think we're, we've really built up a lot of, resilience and mental strength from going through this experience there's just oh. no yeah there's no harder job truly Ooh. <laughs> okay last thing on this first topic because I, again I could probably spend like two episodes with you talking about this but do you ever anymore with Wolfie kind of closing out the food closing out the milestones closing out the weight he is such a happy, thriving little chunkster of a two and a half year old now. Yes. So do you ever like think back to the time, like the time 
he was so small and like the times that you like maybe worried about that. Like I just I want to know what it's like to like come out the other side and have this like little boy <laughs> who's like eats a lot and is just you know what I mean? It's, it's just like right. <laughs> it's surreal. It's actually honestly just I am just okay. T- like two and a half year olds are wild. Like wild. Um, like it's so unpredictable how they're going to, you know, just be in any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the I'm so often if I'm if I like sit with him and I am very present and I just really like soak up like all the things that he has to say, I'm constantly in awe because oh. he the it's just amazing. It's just so amazing how much they absorb how things that you just remember. Like I even remember another silly thing. I was like, he doesn't like books. Like, Oh yeah. I don't think Maddox likes books either. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm like, he doesn't like books. Oh, like he has no interest. Oh, he's never, you know, I'm never going to have that moment of like sitting with my kiddo and like reading and enjoying a book. No, you will hundred percent. You will like, yeah. yes. Yes, it all comes around and um, yeah, they amaze you at every, at every turn. And, and it's still, even now, you know, he's developing so much, like they develop so much in, in their first year, but yeah. so much, and, and so much of that is like the growth, the physical growth, right? right? Once you get past, you know, into a year plus and into two years plus where we are, like they're no longer physically, yeah, sure, they're growing still, but the physical change isn't what's like awe inspiring anymore. It's truly the, the intellectual, like the personality mm-hmm. development, the like learning who he is. Like I could never have created Wolfgang in my mind, you know, when he was six months old, mm-hmm. I created this, this little dude and his personality in my mind. It's just mm-hmm. mind blowing. He's he's amazing. And you are going to right now you're still in the, Oh, he's my, like, he's my tiny baby. He doesn't, he, yeah, he can express himself with noises and like babbles and such, but like hearing the intellectual thoughts that they declare or statements they make. It's, it's, it's amazing. Gina. I love it, Mish. And as you're talking, like it's kind of, what's kind of coming to me is like, advice I would give myself or advice I would give someone who wants advice is like the antidote to some of the anxiety and the worry is like doing exactly what you're saying is just like sitting with your child or sitting with your baby and being so present in the moment and just being like it like in all of them like treating antidote to anxiety is like just like treating this experience almost like an experiment and like sitting back and watching and just like observing with awe like how your baby or your toddler like sees the world. Yes. And honestly, it's the times where we're, you know, sitting and <clears throat> I'm trying to teach him about being kind to every living creature to steal a line from Casper the Friendly Ghost, which we also listen to very often. And, you know, we've got these like tiny little snails that are outside our house and it's it's sitting with him and like, watching him and he's tempted to like stomp on it and I'm like no okay but like spending that that quality time with him to like teach him about the world and 
see him get it and be like, oh, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. mama. mama. Ah. Oh, I love it. Oh, oh I, I feel like next time I see Wolfie, he's just going to be, I mean, I just. Watch out. I know. <laughs> okay. One thing I'm so eager to talk about, which we haven't talked about, we're like six episodes into Mama to Mamas, and I cannot believe it hasn't come up yet, and that is maternity leave. And I think you are the perfect person to talk to about maternity leave because you, A, are Canadian, and Canadians have a great maternity leave policy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can educate anyone who wants to know about that on uh, what Canadians do or their policies. And second is um, you took maternity leave in the U.S. and you took a really, really great, decent chunk of time. I did. Yes. So, yes. So I guess um, what I want to ask you is, do you have do you have any unfiltered advice for someone who's about to go out on mat leave? You know, what would you want them to know from your experience? Oh boy, mat leave. Okay. Well, so, okay. I'll start with the, the education. I don't know if anyone can pick up on my, my Canadian accent. I may have said a, a couple times. I'm, I feel like I'm so used to it now that I don't notice anymore maybe because I, I don't hear it, but maybe, maybe a listener. So I've, you know, I've, I think I've, I've, become a little Americanized, but in Canada, for those who don't know, for our listeners out there, there's, um, I'm not going to do it justice, but essentially to just boil it down, women generally take, or parents, uh, caregivers generally take up to 12 months. Um, that does not mean that that time is, you know, hundred percent paid. A lot of companies will, you know, top up to a certain amount for a specific time. And then the rest of the time you're on, you know, government assistance. But culturally, it's very well established that, you know, you go out on a mat leave, you, wherever you're working, that that contract is covered by someone for at least 12 months, if not up to 18 months, it's actually an option to, you're still going to get the same total pay spread out over more months like if you chose if you opt into 18 months you'll still get the same total dollar amount however like if that's attractive to you you can it's again it's culturally accepted that somewhere between 12 and 18 months is what you know whoever the primary caregiver is can take off it's incredible and um i think i just kind of grew up and became an adult assuming that that would be my own reality And so when I found myself pregnant and working in the U.S., where that absolutely, as we all know, is not the case, um, it sort of gave me a little bit of whatever you could call it. I don't want to say like, yeah, it just gave me maybe a a little bit more confidence. Yeah, that makes sense, Nish. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me the, the guts that I feel like I needed to just declare what it was that I wanted. Yeah. And sort of work from there, from that point backwards, like, you know, the company we were at, it was very clear what the benefits were. And, you know, I think it amounted to somewhere in the realm of call it four to five months. Right. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I think it's like 20 weeks or something. So when I, when I was, you know, thinking about, well, how do I want to approach this? How do I want to declare, you know, I want to take some more time. The way I sort of framed it up is, well, I'm personally comfortable if I take a little bit of time, you know, my decision unpaid, right? Or I know, I, I know I'm not 
getting any benefits. Frankly, I may even be grappling with the fact that my job might, I might not have the same job security. So we know that our jobs are protected up to, you know, whatever the, the total amount that your company offers is. But beyond that, there's no protections. Um, so I sort of had to weigh out the, the risk reward. And yeah, I ended up also bringing the conversation forward that I actually believe that, you know, bring someone in to an organization to cover a mat leave who's likely, I mean, sure, it could be somebody internal, but equally likely it's someone who's brand new, has to start from pretty much ground zero, learn the culture, learn the, you know, learn the job. And for me, I thought, well, like coming in for like four or five months, that's not very rich. Like that's not a great experience for that person. So I kind of used all those talking points to pitch an idea of me taking more time. I think total, it ended up being somewhere in the realm of seven or eight months total. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm Which so compared to Canada is not. Yeah. Know. Like for people, <laughs> well, this is still yeah. a cheat. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm so happy that I, that I did that. It just felt right. And thankfully, you know, I was met with openness and support. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is advice would be, is to like, have a, like a clear plan. Like these are your wants and desires and expectations and to communicate clearly and then put with your employer and to put kind of suggestions and like tools in place to make it an optimal decision for your work as well. That's kind of what you did. Easy for them. Yeah. And it's sort of like anything in life, right? I I take this philosophy with, with everything I do, which is, okay, if you're going to put yourself out there and, and ask for something, the answer might be no. But if you don't ask, the answer is definitely no. So like at least your chances of no are 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 diminished from if you just never asked, right? So that's that's my philosophy and I, I've applied it in many other parts of my life, but it also was pretty applicable for this. You gave me that advice now that I'm remembering because I was like, I want to take X and you're like, all you can do is ask and all they can do is say yes or no. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but Matt leave. I know. Well, it's funny. I this is a really stupid question because I obviously know the answer. But Mish, how was navigating getting paid on Matt leave for you? (laughs) Oh, it wasn't that pretty. You know, I remember, like in California, the the system for how you like actually because I because of my being Canadian, I, I never, I hadn't done the due diligence of like converting my drivers. I didn't have any California ID and that turned out to be a big barrier. Wow. Um, I didn't know that part. Yeah. And it meant that I had to, oh man, I had to now, na- I called that number, that 1-800 number. Oh yeah. That 1-800 speed number speed there, dial. Yeah. Now the EDD. Yes. Uh, I <laughs> called so many times and, and in the end, if I remember correctly, uh, I had to like go into the doctor's <gasps> office, pick up oh, a yeah. form, Me too. pull out that form, mail it in. There was an online system, but I didn't have access to it because of my ID thing. And 
it just felt hard. It, and <laughs> there was also so many, I, I felt if I, again, if I remember correctly, there were these like gates where things happen. So it's like, okay, the, the, your baby actually being born is like one trigger point for something to, to happen. Yeah. And then you, I was like, do I get a call? Did they get a call? It reminds me of that meme. Meme. I don't know if you've seen this. It's like, they say it takes a village to raise a child. So do I just call? Is there a number? Do I like, <laughs> it, it reminds me of that. Like I, it was shocking to me. I'm like, I can't keep all this straight. I can't even like, I don't even remember what my name is barely like, let alone having to like, remember these, these like important dates where I had to call five different numbers. Cause there's like your insurance, your own company's insurance. And then there's like disability. And then there's a third thing. There's some, some group that like manages the program for your company. Yep. You got to call them. To, was it Aetna or something? Anyways. Yep. Oh my gosh. It was like, I felt like it was this additional like burden that I was always thinking about. And I was like, this is annoying that I have to think about this whilst I'm trying to just, yeah. I don't know, survive, frankly. Yes. yes. Mish, I could not have a more similar, <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, I feel like when you're talking, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> too. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And eventually like, I want to be part of the solution, not keep talking about the problem because it is so bad. Um, and so unfair for women that we have to go through it. And, um, I, I like at some point you just kind of have to laugh because I too called that 1-800 number every single day. And I would, um, eventually Pat taught me how to like bypass the number system. So I wouldn't listen to the recording anymore. It would be like, it's like one, 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 three, 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 one, zero. And then I would get to the, like, uh, all our agents are busy <laughs> and I would call multiple times a day with a special code that Pat taught me so I could like fast forward all the recordings anyways so oh man I mean yeah I to your point it's just I, I think what what saved me and what I then tried to pay forward was working at a company that was packed chock-a-block block, pack full of amazing women mm-hmm. who had gone through this experience like bless their souls for imparting the wisdom totally <laughs> that, you know helped like, sure. I remember there was that like course that you could go through and it like explained everything, but it was all still so complicated. So complicated. I felt, I'm like, I feel like I'm, I ha- I'm like a semi-intelligent person and I had the hardest time trying to figure it all out and figure out like, when am I getting paid and how much am I getting paid and for how long am I getting paid and how do I get paid? And yeah. Oh, but anyways, yeah. special yeah. shout out to all the, all the women who, you know, shared their own learnings and hacks and you know additional shout out to Pat for figuring that hack out <laughs> um, and I just tried to pay it for it I was like okay who else who's who's pregnant now that I need to like download all this learning to totally I think you had left before I was pregnant at work but I since coming back to well you helped me even though you were gone um but since coming back to work so many there's like two or three women who are pregnant and have all of them have booked time with me and been like, can you teach me? And that's a great call though, about paying it forward. It's such a great, it's so true. Okay. One other thing I want to ask you about maternity leave slash work is what kind of 
mindset do you feel like you need to have when you go back to work? Because I feel like the transition and everybody has said this to me is like, I don't know one mom who was like, oh yeah, going back to work was great. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every mom I've talked to has been like, it was a really hard transition for me. And I don't feel like I've talked enough about like yet to people, like what, what is hard about it? So maybe let's just chat about that for a minute. And also like, what kind of mindset do you feel like you need to have going back to work? Oh boy. That's a really good question. Yeah. I think knowing like if uh, maybe a helpful exercise that I don't think I really went through, I don't think I knew to go through it, but maybe Mm -hmm. just coming up with at least a starting place of what you feel like you want to commit to with respect to like your life. Right. So, cause you know, work is always going to take, 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 that's just the nature Ugh. of the beast. Yeah. They'll, they'll take whatever you're willing to give. So true. N- like without question. And, um, and so like, it really is a, an exercise in boundary declaration and then you know adherence so I don't think it's fair to say that before going back to work that you necessarily have the perfect vision of what you want you probably have a you know part a or version one of that but having that I think would be really helpful to say okay I'm I know I want to spend every morning from this time to this time you know, unencumbered by work. Uh, I'm not going to be checking my emails. I'm not going to be on my phone and available. Like that is my sacred time. And, and then assuming, you know, similarly end of the day, like those are sort of your precious hours, especially, you know, when they go to bed so early, you really like don't have a lot of time when the work day ends. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, and you know, your, your little cutie pie is down for the night. So I think um, that to me is probably is is helpful. I think this the whole probably I can assume for me it was part of the hard thing and and the, the thing that's the biggest adjustment is like you're going back to work you're having to like jump back into being a productive contributing team member and leader mm-hmm. and you're also going through a massive transition in your life because you're not only you're going from like spending every waking minute with your child, you're also handing your child off to where, whether it's daycare, whether it's a nanny or however, whatever your like child care situation is, you, you've likely got some form of child care that isn't you being with your baby 24 seven anymore. And that's a massive adjustment. Yeah. Um, so I don't, all I can say is the word grace Mm. and it's, it's really does have to be like you, you giving yourself that grace. What I encountered was people forget pretty quickly, (laughs) like business goes on, you know, you're off and, and you're out on maternity leave. Business goes on. You're back in pretty quickly. Like within a couple of days you're in. Like, if not like a week or so you're back in, like, it's like people forget quickly that you were ever off and that you're going through this. They, they don't have it top of mind that you're going through this massive life transition. So I do think it really does need to be like you 
creating your vision, creating your boundaries and advocating for yourself mm-hmm. when perhaps others aren't going to be doing that for you. Mm-hmm. UG, what do you think? I, I mean, I, everything you said just resonates so true. And, and it is a lesson in advocating for your boundaries and protecting that precious time. Because even now I notice like, I'm like, hard stop at five because Maddox goes to sleep at seven. So like hard stop at five. And then just like you said, like the take, 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 if you don't create boundaries of when they can take, 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 then I find myself at my computer at five 30. I'm like, I just wasted 30 minutes with my precious little human, you know? So it's, it's so true. Um, and yes, the word grace, I try to tell myself that every day and and you are right it goes so quickly it's like you're not there and then you're there and it's like you were never not there like you were it's like you never left so yeah Yeah. and there's this I find there's this weird balance of like I'm so grateful for the job I'm so grateful for the company I you know I love it I believe in it so like I never want to the fact of talking about how like hard transition can be like to I don't know if you felt this way too like just like undercut like just like I'm also grateful to be a working mom too, even though it, there's so much weight that comes along with it as you adjust, um, as you adjust back, I guess. No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, we're making, we're in choice, right? Like, and we're privileged to be in choice around what our, what, what do we want for our professional lives? And it, and we, we care deeply about our work, right? We, we put a lot of ourselves into our work. Um, it's sort of our nature. And it's just that before having a baby, like there were just less things in your yes. life. You, you were also putting an immense amount of care into. Yeah. And, and, you know, a child is like spending the precious, you know, months and years of your child's life present with your child is like, you can't get that time back. And everyone says it. And it's, it's hard in the moment to like reckon with that and to even like acknowledge it Mm -hmm. or remember it sometimes. But like I have this mug, this like cheesy mug from some, I feel like it came in like one of the love every kits or something. Oh yes. Every no. Um, (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by no. Oh, someday, me someday. <laughs> yeah, let's manifest that. Um, but it says like you know the days are long, but the years are short. And man, I need to drink my coffee out of that mug every day because it's so true. It's so true, and it really relates to this topic of like yeah. boundaries and making the like, preserving that sacred time. How do you feel like? your relationship to your career changed after having a baby? Is that same drive there? Is that like, I I get there's like the time, right? There's like the time commitment and the boundaries and like almost more of like the day to day, but like macro, would you say that it's changed your? Yeah. Big time. I think macro, the biggest thing that's, that's present for me now is like, I think a lot about, um, and sort of a filter I use now is like, I want Wolfie and, you know, future, hopefully future children of the Lazar Bithurums. I want them to feel proud of me, right? I want them to mm. feel like I've done something that is a net positive contribution that is like cool. I don't know, like, 
like I think about that now and that's a sort of new lens is not how am I going to feel about my career it's more how what example have I set and what where have I made choices to spend my time and lend my talents and energy um I think about like will they feel like that's that's pretty rad like Mm, it's a um, good filter it's a it's a it's so real for me it doesn't stay there always but I mean right now I mean I mean I'm in a position where I'm thinking about what my next move is and so it's quite present for me now because yeah I'm having to really put those filters up like and and be a little bit picky choosy um so it's nice to have that as a filter um that has definitely changed yeah Um, that makes so much sense but speaking of you know vulnerably and authentically I yeah I did take on a new job what like pretty soon there, like, I wouldn't say super soon, but pretty quickly after I went back to work, I then pivoted into a new company and a new job, a new role. And I, I admittedly, I feel like I, I just poured myself into that. I really, there were many times where I sort of was aware of what was happening. I'm like, I see it. I like see myself from outside of my body. I see what's going on, but I didn't necessarily know how to like change it or shift it or let it be something different. I didn't create boundaries early on. I didn't create a vision for what I wanted, you know, my life outside of work to look like. And I just really allowed work to sort of dominate my thoughts, my, you know, my schedule. (laughs) Um, And so now as I think about what's next, I, it's important to me to really think about, okay, if, for example, I'm considering a role that like requires a lot of travel and I now have a little bit of a taste of what that really, really feels like. Yeah. And it's, it's important for me to like think long and hard and mm-hmm. not kind of run at the exciting thing that's, that's there and, and available to me as an, as a career move. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this like weird experience of like pretty quickly and, you know, with Wolfie still being pretty young, like kind of giving myself to yeah. work pretty wholly. And yeah. I don't think I really want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what an insight, like what a lesson though. Like, and thank gosh you learned it. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it is really true. Because now you can course correct and now you can get clear on your vision for what you want to have next. It's, it is a blessing in, in disguise or not. And also almost like, you know, being grateful for the, um, like the length of time, like that it wasn't super, super long. It was, you know, kind of this little chapter. It Um, wasn't like suddenly he's six and I'm like, I've missed every. Totally. E-ball game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh Can't wait till Wolfie's on that T-ball field yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's so cute okay you touched on it a little bit and we can this is where we can finish and then um uh, we can move on to my favorite three questions that I ask everyone and we'll end on it because it's also like very much the state like the phase that we're in now which is 
and you touched on it already, which is like handing your baby over to for someone else to care for. And, you know, Patrick, I'm so lucky and feel so grateful and fortunate that his company gives him, you know, six months off. It's more than I got, uh, but like actually paid. But anyways, so I, I like, it's such a privilege that we were able to do this. And so his leave will go through August, mid August. And then, you know, we just got a hand Maddox over. And so I think any first time mom knows, like, you know, you touched on it. It is a lot. It is overwhelming because no one can parent like you can parent. <laughs> like, no, no, nobody no knows one. the nuances of your <laughs> sweet little chicken like you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I want to just, you know, ask you, you know, after having a nanny, I think maybe two nannies now, a nanny share, and then we're in, we're on daycare now. Is that right? Or, yeah. yeah. So what do you want to tell the people, tell me <laughs> about having someone else care for your child? You've done, you know, several different types now. Like, what do you now know? that you want to share? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love this question so much. So I think the first thing and probably the biggest thing is I think like we as mamas and parents, we know we have such great intuition. We have such like our, our connection to our gut when, when it comes to our, our kiddos is like second to none. Right. And so for me, we, the first nanny that we brought into our lives, like I would say pretty quickly, my gut check was like, this is not the right fit. Um, this isn't, you know, I'm not comfortable with her style of, for, there were a number of things, but lot, I just, I just didn't feel like the deep trust that I think you genuinely need to feel as a baseline. I feel like the, like having that, that, uh, unquestioned trust is so important. And when I didn't have that, it was hard to reckon with, right? Cause you, you go through this mental game of, well, is this just the way that it is like, or are my expectations too high or any number of questioning things that you go through in your mind. And like reality was no, it wasn't a good fit. And in the end, it didn't work out. And we, we ended up letting her go. And thankfully, it wasn't a long period of time. It was complicated. It wasn't easy. Um, we were in a nanny share with another family. And and we had been together for not that long, right, with this, this one nanny. And when we let her go we were then in the position of both families having to figure out, well, what, what's next? Are we going to, and you have to be in these conversations. Are we going to continue together as a unit and find someone new together? Well, turns out the other family said, actually, we think now's the time. This is, we're going to take this as a sign. Like we're going to go, we're going to put our little in daycare. Mm-hmm. So then, like, you know, we're now like in a precarious situation, feeling the pressure to find the next. Right. There's a lot of, fanning a nanny is very hard. You're right. It's like, it is a feeling that you get. And I personally have, you know, we've interviewed lots of nannies. I personally haven't had that feeling yet. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think what I'll say, and I've said, I've like shared this with, with other amazing mamas in my life who are going through it now or recently is like, just like, even if you've taken them in and 
you've, you know, got some time under your belt and you feel like, oh, well, I'm already committed to her. Like, this is going to be a big disruption. Like, you really do need to prioritize, like, what's best for you and your family. So, like, don't hesitate to make a change, though the change may not feel like the smoothest Mm -hmm. path or the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's so important. And then, you know, the universe has all of our backs and um, delivered like the most incredible human into our lives. Like I swear, just, it was a universal happening that she came into our lives and she was everything and more that I dreamed of, Mm -hmm. like for a partner, for uh, someone who, you know, I wanted to feel like she was part of our family for that high, high, high level of trust that is so necessary. And it was just night and day. Yeah. And I like for now for myself, I'm like, oh man, I'm so, I actually am almost happy that I had the bad experience so that I could totally and revel in the, um, the amazingness of the, you know, the better scenario. It's kind um, of like dating when you date the wrong one and then you, uh, then you you're know. right. And then, you know, and it's the right one. You do, you do, you know, you know. And then honestly, like if anyone, if anyone needs any resources, like you want a nanny contract, like I got you, like <laughs> free to put, I'll be coming to you. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone who wants to connect with you and then connect with me, I'm happy. Cause it, it does take a lot of work. You got to go paperwork done you got to set expectations so it's complicated and it's not the most fun and sometimes you're like I just like I just want to be the one that's yeah responsible for my caring for my child and for creating their experience for many hours of the week but you know there's magic in it as well which we thankfully got to experience though we had to go through the the low Mm-hmm. experience to get to the high and so as part of like letting go of you know letting go and letting someone else kind of really take the lead on caring for your baby you know x hours a day is part of that like finding at part of how you're okay with that just finding someone that you genuinely yes. trust and believe you know will do a good job yes definitely yeah, yeah and then I think our experience has been, you know, we were lucky to, again, silver linings of the pandemic, like we did a nanny share. And so there was a lot of time that was spent in our house. Where Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember them in the background. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, she's caring for our, for Wolfie and the other little kiddo. Like not under our watch, because we, we certainly didn't operate that way. But it was like, just a blessing to be able to like pop out, you know, and then I got a lot of joy out of seeing their relationship blossom. Like he loved her, loved, and she loved him. And she, she has, she has two girls, but they're grown, like they're, you know, teenagers and ish. And she never had a boy. And to see like this love blossom between her and, and this little boy that she never had as a mama. So it's a new experience for her. It's so cute. I mean, I got a lot of joy out of that. You know, That's, like, I just, yes. 
That's really sweet. That's kind of how I feel like about my mom, like as a grandma, you know, she only had girls probably like, you know, you have a sister. So, and then having like a baby boy, you can see this like relationship forming. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that it's a really good point, right? It's just, yeah. I could, the one watch out and I could see, like, I was not, I wasn't this way. I didn't have these feelings, but I could see probably in part, again, back to my early experiences with Wolfie, like his dad is like very involved in feeding. And like, there was just a lot of diversity for him in terms of who was like, Mm -hmm. I I never felt like I was just like the be all absolute end all for Mm -hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I am, I'm, I'm like very important to him. He loves me dearly, but like in a lot of ways that sort of prepped me for like, you know, he would, he would be like, I love you, Nana. She called, he called her Nana. Oh. Um, and she'd be like, I love you, Wolfie. Like, uh-huh. you're my baby. Like, and I think like that might be a bit of a trigger for some moms. Totally. Like, no, I, I don't know. It wasn't for me, but yeah. I like, it took like just a deep trust in yes I am like I am like a very very important person I'm a VIP in his life <laughs> I don't have to question that yeah and like there's it's abundance right it's like there's abundance, abundance. abundance of love there's so much love to go around and so like it it never got to me like whereas I could see that might be a just hard it's like a hard thing maybe to grapple with when you see like that love is possible between you know your child and like a new caregiver oh Mish I'm so glad you're saying this and I'm so glad you brought it up because I could see it leaving you know you someone feeling really insecure but to reground in there's plenty of love to go around yeah. is such a good uh, such a good nugget um and also like I think really healthy for babies to form bonds with you know, with loved ones, whether it's a nanny or a grandparent or an aunt. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. And lastly, what this conversation and this part of the conversation is really reminding me is like, I think we all know the tools of manifestation. And I think like, I feel like just like I manifested Patrick somehow and manifested you and manifested all these amazing mamas in my life. I think this is a really nice, gentle nudge from the universe to manifest a wonderful caregiver for Maddox um, and remind myself that I have the tool. We all have the tools to manifest. um, And so thank you for that reminder. Get your crystals charged up. Oh yeah. I sure, I sure am. I'm going to burn some sage after this. I'm really, yeah. <laughs> I'll be manifesting for you. And you know what? If it, again, I'm a great example of like, it's okay if the first kick at the can isn't quite it. The yeah. universe has its plans. Yeah. Okay. So just know that and, and trust. Thanks, Mish. Okay. This is so much fun. I don't want our chat to end. I just feel like it keeps getting more and more and more fun and interesting. So, Thank you so much, Mish, for taking the time. We'll end with my three favorite questions that I ask all the mamas on Mama to Mamas. Um, and you'll just leave all of our hundreds and thousands of listeners <laughs> ah. with with your wisdom. So, well, let's go. Okay. Okay. What is one thing that took you by surprise or you feel like no one ever talked about that you learned was being part of a new mom? 
Okay, I feel compelled to talk about something that we have not come close to touching. Okay. And I think it's the factor of your your kid, your child will go through phases, and I, I'm going to believe that it's phases, of really, really favoring not you. So, like, Wolfie very recently went through, like, a major, I don't want mommy. I mm-hmm. only want daddy. No mommy. No. Like, swiping, trying to hit me, all of the above. Like, and I was not mentally prepared for this. And it's just been another one of those moments where I've had to really, like, dig deep mm. and, like, not react not also like you may think that by responding in a way that's like that hurts my feelings like you're you know essentially letting on like that they're making you feel terrible with what they're saying it's pushing through that mm. and, uh, and and being you know the big person that you can be to just embrace and just like hold space for them to be feeling those big feelings that they're feeling that's just manifesting as like I don't want you now yeah but that's been really hard like it's really hard day after day after day to be like rejected right Mm, and I I like joke with him now because I'm like Mm. I grew you in my belly yeah (laughs) like I'm not shaming him but I'm like you need to know (laughs) you I did all the work for nine months. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was no one, no one prepared for me for that. Nish, you're the second person who's like told me a story about that, like in the last week. So I feel like a lot of mamas out there are not alone in that. You probably also though heard the refrain, which is like, "Oh, boys, they just love their moms," and so like that will repeat if that happens to you, which it could you know, that will like, Oh, it definitely will. Patrick is so out. fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll cycle through your mind while it's happening. You're like, but wait, what yeah. happened to like our sweet boys who love their mamas unconditionally? And it's like, okay, we can be calm and we can get through this. It's a phase. It's all the phase. Yeah. I mean, I love how I'm saying that eight months in, it's all a phase, but yes, I, all you do is hear how things are phases and eventually he's going to flip right back to you. <laughs> it's already starting the yeah. point is starting to be turned and just in time I mean, we're about to travel just Wolfie and I on a long plane together and so I'm like just in time yeah. again the universe has my back oh thanks for bringing that up though Mish because I think um I think it's a good lesson in just not reacting like all phases you have a tiny human who's figuring out the world and to not take it personally Yep. Can't take it personally. Okay. Next question. Take yourself back to the early days of having Wolfie. If you could give yourself one piece of advice to that first time mom version of you, what would it be? Oh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of it. I think um, one of my awesome mama friends gave me this advice. It was take lots of videos. Oh, Oh, it's so true. Like you, okay. We love looking back at photos and they like, I cherish the 
bajillions of photos that I have of my sweet little tiny baby. But the video is what like really brings you back to that moment. And it's oh, like take as many. I would just have my video camera rolling at all times because we've talked a lot about the other bigger advice. Yeah. Like, don't no, I think that don't get caught up in the milestones. Like, you got to let all that yeah. stuff go. Like, everything comes in time and like it's not worth stressing about. So, I would definitely say that. But, like, yeah. this nice little nugget of like, it's a good nugget. The videos, keep the camera rolling. I love it, Mish. You're actually someone, I think one of my best friends told me the same advice. Like it was like around the like newborn phase. She's like, you're going to want to take a lot of pictures, but take video too. Yeah. You're going to be tempted to just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. I actually did a video today and I was, I kind of remembered that. I was like, oh good. I'm doing a video. <laughs> yeah. And then you can make reels. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question, my friend. If you could sum up motherhood in one word or phrase, what would it be? Oh, I thought about this and it's so hard to reduce it. Um, it's so multifaceted. But I do, I really, I, the word wonder came to me. Mm. And I, it resonated a lot because it's also just a good reminder for me if I think of that word it's so easy to get caught up in like, I got to get dinner on or whatever you, whatever life is like demanding of you in the moment. Yeah. Be at work, be it making dinner, be it being on your phone, frankly, like for no good reason, sometimes that happens, but remembering wonder, like to, to see the wonder in it all and to like, be like really lean into those moments of presence. Ah, that's I love it. that. Oh, that's such a good answer, Mish. And it's kind of been the theme of a lot of what we've been talking about. So such such a good way to end. I love it. And I'm going to, you know me, I like to write things on Post-its and like. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to ask you, what Post-its do you have going on these days? Yeah, uh, because so embarrassing. But when Maddox was a baby and I was uh, really, really little and I was learning how to breastfeed, speaking of our like breastfeeding days, like early, early days, I wrote. I don't remember if you came, you may have seen them when you visited us and um, they're in the nursery and it was like breastfeeding is, and it was like fun, enjoyable, smooth, easy, joyful. Like I was like, I put all these like positive adjectives on post-its. So I need to add wonder to my, <laughs> separately from breastfeeding, just wonder. Maybe I'll change to be in wonder. Oh, so yeah. good. Oh, well, Mish, oh, this has just been the best. And I just, this, it just makes me miss seeing you every single day on Zoom. <laughs> I, know, I know, I feel like we need to program in like more regular, um, I would say coffee, but I know you'd be drinking some kind of amazing ashwagandha, whatever tea. <laughs> tea. Uh, <laughs> My tea obsession. Oh, so true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's so fun just to like dedicate this hour to to talking about all these important topics. I know that your words of wisdom are going to touch so many mamas. So thank you so much. Thanks, Gina. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode of Mama to Mamas. Bye.